good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you are listening to this pod and catching up with us. And welcome to the Gridiron Cruise Week 13 review of the NFL. I'm joined by just a couple of uh, fellow crew members tonight. Um, It's a much smaller team than what's normally here, but we'll plod on anyway and try to give you some of our insights and anecdotes about the games over the weekend and what we felt about them. So enough of of me blethering aimlessly. Let's um, get introduced to the crew members that are with us tonight. We have, first of all, we've got our jet-setting roving reporter who can normally be found on a flight to another country somewhere and then back in time for the weekend. We've got Kev. How are we doing tonight, Kev? Hi, studs. Um, I'm I'm doing okay. Um, I'm pretty tired tonight. I've had um, a long week. Uh, I, I got keys to a new place last Wednesday. Um, started started the the moving process and then uh, flew over to Ireland for a christening for the weekend, um, and then returned um, to to pick up where I left off, unpacking all my stuff in the new place. So it's been pretty uh, pretty hectic. Um, but I'm looking forward to um, to having a chat about the the football at the weekend. I, I, I missed um, I missed more than I would have liked to because of uh, my busy schedule. Um, so um, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what you guys thought of it. Um, and yeah, bow down to your superior knowledge on the issues. Oh, no no pressure there then, Kev, for the superior knowledge there then. Um, but I'm seeing a regular occurrence, Kev. Every time I've been on to host in duties, you're coming back knackered or you've been out living up the party lifestyle. That's the last time I was I was hosting, you were in Boston. This time you're in Dublin. I'm definitely seeing a pattern forming here. So all, uh, all, I, all I'm going to say is, Kev, is a, it's a bit odd to say that you've visited a sports bar as moving in. Like... <laughs> You know I mean, we, we, all, we all like the boozer, but moving in is a bit much, mate. <laughs> Aye, well, that's, that's the last of my, my, my planned trips uh, for the foreseeable. I was going to say for this year, but obviously there's not much of that left. Uh, <laughs> so that wouldn't be seen much, but that, that, that's, the last, um, that's the last trip, um, yeah, uh, for, for quite a bit, I think so. Ho- hopefully... Hopefully I'll be able to focus on the uh, the football for the remainder of the season and um, and give a bit better insight um, or better opinions on uh, on the action. Um, like I said, for for the time being, I'm just happy to be here um, chatting to you guys and hearing what you're able to say. Nah, good stuff, good stuff, Kev. We're always happy to have you around anyway. Um, adding into the conversation and that other voice that you heard on there, I'm trying to think of something. Something to say about this guy, but I'm I'm going to go with the. Well, we know he's a Browns fan, so I'm going to go with he who shall not be named. Joining us tonight. Listen, listen, <laughs> you. Not only this weekend we got a Browns win, which is a victory on itself, but we got a Browns win where Deshaun Watson played badly. So that's a moral victory <laughs> in addition to victory Monday. I cannot. I cannot disagree with you there, Brian. Honestly, a moral victory is in there, especially when, um, as we know, he, he got pulled out 
even if it was just for a play for Jacoby Brissett um, early doors and then back in. But I think we were all celebrating when we seen that. We'd hoped it, we'd hoped he'd been benched, but no, he was it was back in soon enough. But I think I must admit as well, Brian, just taking a draw back onto former pod. I think this is the first time I've ever been on with you where the Browns have won and you've been cheery. See, to be fair, <laughs> be fair, it doesn't, it doesn't happen often. We are, we are not on what one would call a stellar run of form. Um, no, yeah. Well, what, what can you say? You know what I mean? Brown's season's been um, up and down. Uh, what I will, what I do enjoy saying is, is uh, I, as many other Browns fans, have been, um, have been complaining loudly uh, all year about. Terrible the defense has been, how terrible special teams have been. And we've already told, well, you know, you're gonna get Deshaun Watson now. Well, Deshaun Watson won't make defense and special teams play better. Apparently he does. <laughs> Who knew? Deshaun Watson appears unseen and the Browns defense and special teams can fire up game winning scores all on their own. I know, you've just seen, I did see the Donald Peoples Jones punt return, and that was a classy play. It was it was um, exceptional, and I think we've been spoiled over the last couple of weeks with some exceptional punt and kickoff returns. To be honest, um, we've you seen some exceptional I, plays. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in my my statistic of oh. the week. We can enjoy this. I enjoyed it when I heard it. This was the first time, and now don't quote. Well, I'm, I'm reasonably sure it's a decade, over a decade where a team has won a game without a single offensive touchdown being scored. Also, it might well be they've won a game with multi, with a, like a double-digit score without a multiple, without a offensive touchdown being scored. That it was every single score came out of defence and special teams. Well, I know I vaguely, this may have been a post-season game. I remember... Mm. The Steelers beating the Chiefs without and Heinz Field as it was at the time, and it was <laughs> it was all field goals. Um, so I know Martin Martin has taken great pleasure in reminding me of that one every now and again. Um, Maybe a game where there was there was touchdowns, where there's been touchdowns, or just but none of them are yeah. scored by the offense. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. As I say, I know that one. As I say, that may have been a full season as well, um, and it was just Sorry. A, it was just a dreadful game. But we'll, we'll move swiftly on for there anyway, because um, we don't like to talk about the Steelers much. Because I know, obviously, oh, um, not when well, we've got a Browns fan not. on. Certainly. I'm sorry, not, not not decent. <laughs> Although saying that, I don't know if you've seen the clip of Mike Tomlin at halftime when a fan tries to speak to him as he's in the tunnel, and um, Mike uh, shares some expletives with him and tells him that he's working. <laughs> it is quite funny, um, to be honest. And it's just my work, you. Leave me alone. Basically, that is what he says. He's he's walking up the tunnel and he just tells the guy a bolt. He says, "Listen, I'm working bolt," and he just carries on down the tunnel. And it's just as I've having seen Mike Tomlin in various sports and stuff like that. It's just so am. <laughs> That's what that's what the NFL needs. The NFL needs a Glaswegian head coach. Imagine that. Walking <laughs> in, a, in a touchline, you know what I mean? Decision doesn't go. Oh, you ref, you're a rocket. I'm gonna have you. That'd be fantastic. Oh, uh, it'd be superb. The referees would know where to look. Here you your bagger, come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bam. Oh, oh, honestly. 
by the way. By the way, I know. Sorry, <laughs> we've just completely gone on a tangent, and I do hope that we haven't confused anyone who isn't from Scotland, um, or particularly the west coast of Scotland, because I think they will be lost otherwise. Um, so, yeah, just before we... Obviously, we normally do start um, with a question. I'm just going to change it up a wee bit, because we've had a fair little bit of breaking news just before the the pod has kind of kicked in. Um, so just I'm interested can I get a couple of a couple of thoughts on that. Um Kev, I don't know if I'm going to start with the Eagles one actually that I that I've seen come in today. Um defensive end that he's traded from the Bears, Quinn is heading to IR. How do you think that impacts yeah obviously st- stellar season so far? Uh, I mean, I, I would say that um, it's obviously going to make us weaker because he's a good player. Um, that you know, we, we traded for him for a reason. But at the same time, our defence um, was excellent before we got him. Um, we've got Sue now as well since since we traded for Quinn. I think you know our, our defence is um, is going to be still uh, formidable without him. Um, so I I would I would say. Yeah, a wee bit, a wee bit uh, disappointing, but no, no more than that. I think, I think we're still uh, well equipped um, to to make a run to the Super Bowl uh, without him. Yeah, no, I, I, I must admit, as again, your defence has been one of your highlights of the season, um, and I think most people can see that. Obviously, I've been I've I could wax lyrical about soon. I think I've mentioned that in my last three podcasts I've been on, so. We don't need to revisit my thoughts on him again. Um, but yeah, no, as you say, you traded for him for a reason. It's just a shame to have lost him so soon after trading him. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure your um, defence will be fine and you'll continue yeah. to plod on. I think I think you've got a pretty favourable next couple of weeks anyway, heading into the playoffs. I think uh, a couple of games against the Giants coming up, probably your toughest games left in your schedule. So, what I would say is that the re- that, that reason that we traded for him might well be depth, um, you know, to, to, to guard against injuries um, in the D-line and um, the fact that it's, it's him who happens to be that injury. Uh, that's a shame for the guy, but like the team will be fine. Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. I like, um, fun- I like it fundamentally. What Kev's saying here is he's not angry, he's just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, Robert Quinn, Kev is basically your da, and he's just a bit disappointed in the lack of effort you're putting into this. He's standing there shaking his head. Shake, shaking his head at the sidelines. I'm, I'm not angry with you, son. I'm, ju- I'm just letting it down. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sheer look of disgust and disapproval as he as he heads to injured reserve. How very dare he! <laughs> so, Brian, I'm going to make you wait just a little bit because I know there's one that you want to talk about because you are a big fan of this guy, and I can see you rubbing your hands there as well. Um, one that's actually I've just literally seen um, was sorry, bear with me a second. It has disappeared. So we've got obviously this the 49ers have picked up another QB um to cover on the back of Jimmy Garoppolo. They've signed Josh Johnson off of the Broncos practice squad. Um and I suppose that's just depth for 
Brock Purdy, not Blake Purdy, Brock Purdy. Um, and then Wayne Galman getting picked up by the Seattle Seahawks, the ex-New York Giant, who has How helped... How old is Wayne Galman now? <laughs> I'm reasonably certain he could be my dad. <laughs> I, I, he seems to have been about for years, especially on, on that Giants team. We've seen a lot of him over the last couple of years when Saquon went down, and I know he probably saved a couple of guys in our fantasy leagues and stuff. But he's 28. He's, I'm talking about him as if he's hitting 40. He's 28. He oh. seems like he's been about for years. Um, so, yeah, again, that'll be one Keith's obviously happy about one of his many teams that he follows. And um, again, that'll be on the back of Kenneth Walker picking up an injury in their game. Um, again, just obviously to add depth in there as well. But I suppose the two, there's two big part, big breaking news parts that I did certainly pick up on. But Brian, let's come to you. Let's get it out, get it out of the way. Mr. Baker Mayfield decided at the Panthers, I want you to waive me. And he specifically requested to be waived, obviously fearing Sam Darnold and his ghosts going to keep him out of the team. And he's now been picked up by the Los Angeles Rams. Now, what do you think about that one, Brian? I know I've put on our WhatsApp chat that we think it's just totally and utterly to mess with the Niners. Um, or do we think it's to play them? We know Matt Stafford's done for the season. Or do we just think it's a little bit of both to F with the Niners and see if they can get a couple of wins? Because it's not like they've got any draft picks, so they're not tanking the season. Do you, know, do you know what I've got to say? Do you know thing you need to remember? See the thing about Rams? They're dangerous. <laughs> oh, God, it's like that. It's like I enjoyed the feeling dangerous one. So, uh, I spat my drink at right, now, this is the great thing. The, the listeners to the pod don't get the delightful video where I no. studs nearly drowned. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's, we all know, I've said it before in the pod, I desperately want Baker to be a thing. He was the first NFL jersey I bought. He was a quarterback in my team. He brought us some successes. I do think he's been let down in his whole career by coaching. I really, I stand by it. I will die on this hill. I think he's a better quarterback than I've seen. He's been abysmal this year. Um, Whenever he stepped on the field, he's been atrocious. And the thing that makes that a wee bit more damning is when other quarterbacks have stepped on for the Panthers, they've, they've not been great. Well, let's not kid ourselves on. We're talking about <laughs> PJ Walker and Sam Darnold here. Um, yeah. But they've been passable. They've been all right. Uh, Baker's not even been anywhere cl- close to that. I I fully believe that um, he's not going to see the field, uh, unless Purdy does something wild. Um, I think he's the, Ram, the, the Niners have... Sorry, the Rams have grabbed him to stop the Niners picking him up. Yeah. Um, bit of news came out literally just before we came on air that Jimmy G's injury uh, isn't actually as, as as bad as it was first feared. It's not looking like a Liz Frank fracture, which is obviously fantastic. Um, so what, six, seven, maybe eight weeks, um, he'll be out. So the, the Niners will obviously be hoping that they can cling on, they can hang on, they'll still be kicking about post-season and that Jimmy G can come back because we've seen how that team was rolling with him. Um, I would say if you slotted Baker into that Niners team, I would have said he'd have probably been fine. He'd have, yeah. you know what I mean? Because you think Jimmy, CMC Jimmy would have been happy to see him? I imagine that they had a cuddle. <laughs> I imagine that they share a, 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 
a nice romantic moment together, uh, how happy they are to be reacquainted. Uh, nah. Uh, <laughs> no. It's like, you know, it's, it's the worst thing, or the best thing about it as far as I'm concerned, is um, if he'd went to the Niners, it would have absolutely torched the fantasy value of all Niners wide receivers. <laughs> I do have Brandon Ayuk, so I'm kind of pleased. I must um, admit, see when, I, see when there was rumours of going to the Niners, I just envisioned the, do you know that meme when you see the guy opening the window in the boardroom and just set him out. Aye. I just envisioned that that was CMC. It's as done. soon as he see Baker coming in the Niners facility, it's like, oh, I'm a god. Uh, yeah, as I say, I think, unfortunately, the Baker-Mayfield experiment is over. I think this is Baker's career now. You know, I think he is now just going to be a career backup. Um, yeah. I don't, unless, you know I mean, unless he's on a team and the, the starter goes down early doors in the season, and he then steps in and he does really well. I, you know what I mean? You I don't like get... No. Aye, yeah, you know, that's exactly right, Kev, unless he does a Gino. Because um, you don't get cut fundamentally by the Browns, um, then cut again in the same season by the Panthers for Sam Darnold of all folk and salvage much out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sadly, I love him. I really want it to be a thing. All my heart, all my soul. It's just not gonna ever happen. Yeah, I, th- I think Gino's probably a, a pretty good example. I mean, Gino obviously had a very rough start to his career in mm. um, New York. He sat back there in Seattle. He's waited his opportunity and behind um, Dangerous, and now he's completely outshining him. Quite interesting. You've obviously got Baker feeling dangerous. We're talking about Gino sitting behind Dangerous. <laughs> So a couple of comparisons in there. <laughs> but uh, nah, I, th- I think you're kind of bang on there, Brian. I think he's, he's looking like he's going to kind of possibly hope for a career as a backup if an opportunity comes up. I think, I'd, again, I used an example earlier in our WhatsApp uh, group of uh, he needs to hope for a, a Nick Foles yeah. style um, exactly, thing. That's exactly what he needs. That's the only thing that will save his career at this point. Yeah, you can't be dropped by two teams in one year and salvage that without something nutty happening. It's why, to be fair, I was quite hopeful of the Niners, um, just for the sake of being a fan of Bakers. You know what I mean? Could he then discover that tiny bit of form? Jimmy G doesn't quite make it back. The Niners have enough in the tank that even with a Baker, they go on a deep playoff run. Maybe, 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 maybe. Yeah, but that's <sighs> that's that. I mean, you're looking at a, a, a stellar defense there that can win games mm-hmm. without a quarterback essentially and dominate games, control the game probably fits into exactly what Baker needs, if, if we're being purple honest. I think I think even for a lot of us when we were chatting about that, I think the 49ers made the most sense. Um, the Rams, obviously, they are... <laughs> Which is oh. exactly why the Rams grabbed them. <laughs> <laughs> You've got... I've, I've heard a lot of people referring to them as the zombie Rams, to be fair, um, because they just look a little bit like the Rams for last year, but not you very would, much. You would know a lot about sports-related zombie <laughs> well, studs, that's stop. all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh my God, I walked right into that one day when I just oh. started laughing. <laughs> I feel like I've just been hit with a brick in the face. <laughs> um, but yeah, nah, I think we'll uh, we'll move on move on for that one. I think we've we'll spent enough time on Baker. We'll, I'm sure we'll see how he does with the Rams and um, see if he takes over from I want to say Wil- Wilford. Does it? That's the starting quarterback for them just now. Um, I I've actually yeah, I haven't talked about 
Paddy. Brought Paddy, I know. Bye. I didn't uh, want no, to pull yeah. the thing up. <laughs> uh, no, I know. But it is, it's Wilford at the minute. Um, and to be fair, Wilford's done meh. But, and I mean that as a compliment. Um, you know what I mean? He's came in as a backup and yeah, the Rams have been honking, but the Rams were honking before Wilford and they're still honking, so yeah, can't really blame him for that. Yeah, and uh, I think the other bit of big news that kind of caught my attention again, probably just just before we come on, the Tennessee Titans firing their general manager, John Robinson, after seven seasons. I think for me, the reason this kind of caught my attention, and Kev, this is, again, this probably relates to yourself, it was the AJ Brown trade. Um, Mike Vrabel was adamant adamant before the draft as long as he was head coach AJ Brown would not be traded and I think that's pretty much a direct quote of what he said and then you've seen obviously what happened on draft day Philadelphia Eagles jump in there get AJ Brown and I don't know if you've seen the clip of that Tennessee draft room when that trade goes through Mike Vrabel is fuming He's absolutely fuming. And again, that for me says there's obviously cracks there between the general manager, the head coach. Tennessee Titans, yeah, they're top of, top of their division. <laughs> there's not really much challenge in them there, but they're still top of that division. But again, for me, the cracks have obviously been there for a while and you're not going to sack Mike Vrabel, let's be honest. But again... It's uh, it kind of caught my attention. What do you think, Kev? Do you think it's been going as far back as draft day? And do you think AJ Brown's been that catalyst for them? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say so. Um, I mean, all, all I can say is, um, being on the other end of that trade, I'm absolutely over the moon with it. Um, and I can understand why there would be people um, at the Titans. Um, you know, within that franchise that, that are they're not happy with, um, to, to say the least. Um so yeah, you know, that, that could be a part of it. Because like you say, I mean, they've got a winning record, they're winning the division, they've got they're going to the uh, the postseason and the playoffs. So, you know, looking at it from that point of view, surely you've got to say the guy's doing his job. But um yeah, I, I think there's no doubt that that was a strange trade. Um because I mean, losing losing AJ Brown is is going to make you weaker, yeah. um, unless you're unless unless you're really fortunate in the in the draft, um, you know, it, it's going to weaken you. So yeah, um, it, it seems to me that, that that's probably been a part of it, if not the, the sole reason why why the party company will. I definitely. I mean, it's it's far too early whether to say trailing bucks is a bust. I mean, we've seen little glimpses of him, and he certainly looked good. Um, but yeah, far too early to see whether that's that trade's kind of worked out for the Titans. But I think um, on the back of obviously the Tennessee Titans, I think that's probably a good place to kind of kick off our review. Um, as the Tennessee Titans at the Philadelphia Eagles um, for this weekend, so so Philadelphia taking that one 35 10. I, I did go for the Tennessee Titans in our predictor. I was thinking they could maybe I stole one here on the back of Eagles maybe struggling with the run game in recent weeks, or struggling against the run game. You're looking at one of the best rushers in Derek Henry, who just really never got going, um, to be honest. He's, again, two weeks in a row, under 
well, we've got 30 yards rushing this week. I think it was 38 the week before, so two weeks in a row under 40 yards. Are we starting to see the, I mean, obviously the Philadelphia Eagles are rolling on looking like a juggernaut um, just now, but are we starting to see wheels coming off at the Tennessee Titans? What do we think, Brian? Hello, for, oh, sorry, uh, Kevin. Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, bittersweet, uh, bittersweet weekend for me um, because uh, I've got Henry in my fantasy team. Really needed a win this week. Um, I know you didn't, Kev. I know you didn't, mate. But yeah, um, so uh, yeah, but obviously, um, I seen my Eagles absolutely dominate, stop them. Um, and you know, rolling on towards the the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So, so um, yeah, and, and, and you know, incidentally, we we're talking about AJ Brown. May, maybe his performance against the Titans um, was what triggered, um, you know, that that, that sacking. Um, you know, it's been it's been lingering, and then obviously he's gone out and um, and played the way he played against them at the weekend, and and brought it all back. Um, so, yeah, maybe that that answers uh, the last the last point that we were uh, talking about there. Uh, de- definitely. I mean, AJ Brown. He he went out and he had himself an absolute day in this game. It was like I, I'm actually curious if Jalen Hurts actually targeted any other receiver um, because AJ. Every time I looked over at the Tennessee Titans and Eagles game, it was it was like right. AJ Brown's got another catch. AJ Brown's got another catch. Um, I mean, 100, 119 yards and two touchdowns he got, but then I'm looking at Devontae yeah, Smith. Devontae Smith's over 100, 100 yards. 100 odd yards as well. As well. So, and, I mean, keep looking, keep looking down the line. Jack Stoll, 41 yards. Kenny Gainwell, 38. Quez Watkins, 37. Okay, these aren't huge, huge games, but these aren't huge, huge players either. I, I mean, nine, nine different nearly players. 400 yards passing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just. Jalen Hurts is, I mean, again, he's had himself a day as well. And I mean, they didn't do much in the ground at all, but it was, <laughs> they didn't you need to. Have to. <laughs> it's like, when, the I, teams, when the other team's defence has forgot how to pass block, I, it doesn't really matter. That, that, that is that. I mean, the, the, the Titans' defence is, I've I seen it firsthand at Arrowhead a couple of weeks back. They are a good run defence, a very good run defence. So, Obviously, the Eagles have just decided, run down, let's just start passing that ball all over them. And, I mean, that's what they've done. As I said, nine different players catching receptions. The A.J. Brown, his, his first touchdown, he's literally standing on an island himself and he, he takes three steps back into the end zone. He look, yeah, no. I think he actually looks back to see who's the closest person to him and he's like, nah, nobody's here, I'll step in. <laughs> And that and that and that was on uh, that was on a second down after uh, a penalty on the first down where he scored a touchdown. Um, <laughs> he scored. He scored what was that, a 47, 47 yard touchdown uh, penalty got called, um, and then the the uh, reset went again. Forty seven yard touchdown. Um, so that uh, that that was pretty cool. I think the commentator um, in the game when I was watching it said he thinks that's the first time that that's possibly ever happened. Um, you know, the same player scoring a forty-seven yard touchdown twice in a row. Right. 
Um, like there, there's that, a statistic for us. That's, that's, she's right. just slapped that, and he's not even gave us the one. He's thrown a statistic straight in there. Boom! Mic drop. Uh, drop that on you. Let's go. Yeah, but talk, talking about the the Titans, um, I think it's possibly too early to say whether the wheels are coming off. Um, but um, I, I caught up with my good friend John Drake while I was over in Ireland. Um, we're talking football. He's he's the reason I'm a an Eagles fan, um, a Philly native. Um, and we were talking about the game, and, and he said to me, "Like watch watch Derek Henry run against our D." Um, and then it does what it does. It goes for thirty yards. So, um, is that is that a sign that um, you know that they're they're falling apart a little bit? Who knows? But I think after two games, it's it's difficult to say. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Henry goes out next week and puts up one hundred and fifty yards. Yeah, I think, Well, that that's exactly. It. I mean, again, he, he's he is very much thought of as an unstoppable force at times and. Um, we've, we've seen it in various games where he has run over, all over the top of teams. I think he needs that kind of get-right matchup, and I'm curious as to who they may be playing next, actually. But if he can get himself a get-right matchup, then I think you could see him kind of kick back on again. But he definitely, two weeks in a row, stuttering. Um, Brian, I can see you looking. You, two, you about... two weeks, two weeks in a row. Derek Henry has averaged two point four five yards per carry over the last two weeks. Now, don't be wrong; it's it's been two freak weeks for King Henry. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to write off Derek Henry, um, but you know what I mean. You say that, and you're like, "Well, that's a big deal." And these aren't teams that are known to be over the top exceptional run defenses that he's came up against. Hell, when yeah. we played the Bengals, we ran clean down the throat. Um, he, he's up against the Jags next. Um, they're certainly a team that are a, you would say is a softer matchup. Um, I'm not going to lean into this too much because you guys kind of went over it in depth. The whole situation with the Titans and firing the GM and all the rest, of it, I think, is absolutely nutty. I get it. The AJ Brown trade wasn't a good trade. We, we, nobody's going to dispute that point. But they're seven and five, top of the division. They've got a winning record. They're definitely going to see the postseason. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're not getting okay. Yeah, they get blown out by the Eagles. It's thirty-five ten, but it's the now eleven and one Philadelphia Eagles. It's not like the Browns have rocked up and leathered you thirty-five ten, and you're embarrassed about it. Um, <laughs> it it's so um, yeah, I I think that's could, could be a wee bit wheels coming off because this looks like panic stuff, man. This yeah. looks like knee jerk. We've just taken a hiding, so let's do something about it right now and somebody get the bullet, which I'm like, really? Really? I mean, particularly, you look at the the Tennessee receiving game, you know what I mean? Um, we were laughing about this before we started recording. Um, tra- you know, Traylon Bucks is uh, averaging 25 yards of reception. Now, right enough, that's one reception, and he got absolutely creamed after it. Um, and we do wish Traylon all the best. You know what I mean? Hopefully, he's, he's fitting well, and he's ready to suit up again next week. But that was a brilliant grab, and you lose what is... He is their wide receiver one. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's, there's no real arguing with that. So you've lost one of your best weapons. Ryan Tannehill has been beige all year. And I think I'm probably being unkind to beige when I say that. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's Yeah, I don't know. The Titans just seem a bit odd to me at the minute. You know, 
fair play to the Eagles. You can only beat the team that's put in front of you. Um, but when a team who's in Kev, you can correct me, but whose whole identity is being much more of a run-first team um, in Philly, when you've got a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who, let's not forget, a year ago, everybody was saying all Jalen Hurts could do is run, who steps up, chucks it for 380 yards, uh, what, a passer rate of 130.3. <laughs> what, 20, what is it? I'm, I'm looking at the stat now. 29 out of 39 completed. Jesus. <laughs> you can't, uh, you can't see even that coming. Shane seen that coming all along. Second round draft pick. Uh, that's, that's, that's why he's in so many playoffs this year for fantasy. <laughs> oh, he's going to come at you for that one. I can guarantee it. That Sorry, he's, he's got a long way to climb the table to get to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as, I think as you said, Brian. I mean, the trail and bucks catch on. So we hope we hope he is fitting well. Um, I think he's gonna he's in concussion protocol now. Don't know about you guys, just went very quickly on the concussion protocol. It almost seems last last year or previous seasons, and I know one of the games, Pat, again, you'll be very familiar with it, Brian, the Browns Chiefs um, divisional game. Mahomes gets knocked out with a concussion and he's back for the following weekend. So it was a very, very quick turnaround. Whereas I think now, with the new rules we're seeing, it's almost as if it's a two-week turnaround for the concussion they protocol. They shouldn't be in the position we're in. And I mean that, that it should not have taken Tua to... Good Lord, you know what I mean? He went full jelly, man. Um, and that's what's done this. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't have taken that. We should never have been putting these players... Uh, and that kind of risk, you know what I mean? Yeah. There is, you can look at all the studies that have been done about the appalling quality of life some of these guys have in their quote-unquote old age. You know, I'm talking about the time they hit 40 and 50. Um, some of these guys really have serious, serious struggles down the road. And it is because, listen, don't get me wrong, the NFL, it's a high-impact sport. It's one of the things we all love about it. But... You know, I mean, it sh- you shouldn't be letting these guys play when they're clearly getting leathered. So, yeah, no, I- I'm glad to see the league going the way it's going. I want to see them protecting the players. I want to see them being a bit more hesitant. Um, it's frustrating as a fan. You know what I mean? We've all done it. Oh, why get him back again? But got to look out for these guys, man. No, 100, 100%. I think I, remember, I heard that interview with um, Andrew Whitworth, um, the Walter Payton man of the year last year, Super Bowl winner um, on the Rams. Uh, Big offensive tackle coming across very well in his new role at uh, Amazon as well in the Thursday night football. And he quite clearly said that there's ways for these guys to get round these questioning. Um, and he's, he's admitted doing it himself. So as you say, I think, there's, I think it's good to see the NFL protecting the players. Yeah, we want to see the best players on the field at all times. But again, we also want to see these guys... Um, have a life after football as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just about our enjoyment at the end of the day. So, I, well, that's that's our deep moment for the <laughs> for the pod. Hopefully, so we will move on. Um, and Kev, I haven't forgot about AJ Brown's belter of a catch as well, where he caught it off the shoulder of the Tennessee Titans. But I'm just going to gloss over it. His second, his mm-hmm. other, his second touchdown was a peach where he just destroyed that Tennessee Titans defender. But we'll have covered destroying the Tennessee defence. Um, so we'll move on to another game that kind of interested the crew on Thursday. 
Um, I think it was in the early window as well. I do remember seeing bits of this game, to be honest. I have since watched the highlights. So we had the New Jersey Jets travelling to the uh, Minnesota Vikings <laughs> um, in the Dome. We did uh, we did uh, talk about this one. Obviously, Jets in probably uncharted territory for as long as I can certainly remember and having a winning record and having a team to be excited about. And again, the Minnesota Vikings as well, having a team that they can be excited about. They've got an excellent wide receiver one in there. And Justin Jefferson, who can just do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He, he's touched down, toe drag swag. The, the fact I genuinely watching that in real time, I'm thinking to myself, there is no way that's a touchdown. That foot's got to be out and then I seen the replay and his legs just go dead when he catches that ball. They do not move. Even when that defender is hitting him, it was a ridiculous touchdown grab um, in the fourth quarter, I think, to put more or less put the game out of sight. Um, so, yeah, again, we've seen guys that for the New York Jets coming in and rushing yards, we had the magnificently named Zonovan <laughs> Bam Knight, who I absolutely love that name and his story, coming in there and having another Another good day for the Jets on the on the Russian side as well. Um, and I, I think for me, if I'm a Vikings fan, just before I come to you guys, what I'm worried about possibly is my team's not putting other teams away. They are letting teams stay in these games. I mean, this game came right down to the final drive of the game. Mike White, ball in his hands in the red zone more or less and he, he throws an interception and that's what kills the game if he finds a pass there and again big if he didn't but as a big if the Jets walk away from there with a win and that's purely because Minnesota are not killing games off um, Brian I'll come to you first um, on your thoughts on this game was that anything jumping out to you around it big thing I'm going to say so we get like listen JJ, what a praise. We love him. I loved uh, I was Scud last week. He's too big. He's too fast. He's too strong. Any bloody well is. It's unreasonable. But, Matt, that's not the story of receivers of this game. We had Wilson squared. We now have Wilson Prime. <laughs> Garrett Wilson. 162 yards receiving. What, like, what a connection this man's developing with Mike White. It's only two games in. Um, but, geez, oh. No, 162 yards. Can't believe this never touched out his name. But I think that really yeah. says a wee bit more about Mike White, lack of experience. He's not quite as savvy. He can't quite bring in the kind of Kirk Thuggins moves that we've seen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. For me, this is a, a real story of the the Vikings showing a wee bit of grit and determination. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do agree with you. They were what twenty six up at the half. You got you got to be put if you've got a fourteen point lead at halftime. You got to be putting that team at the sword. Third quarter, you can't be finishing the third quarter scoreless. Um, and you know, I mean, fair play credit to the Jets. The Jets has been playing well all year. Um, we don't need to wax lyrical about the 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 sauce himself and the fantastic uh, rook here that that man is having. Um, and they have they've played well, but yeah, you, you got to put teams down. Um, 
Dalvin Cook looked excellent. I'd particularly enjoyed um, the the sausage himself, uh, Mister Madison. His touchdown drive, I thought it was it was like partner of the Red Sea. Um, his his O line did some brilliant work for him. Uh, although it'd be, I say his O line did do some fantastic work, but I really need to give him the credit. He spotted a crease and he just woofed, went clean through it straight into the end zone. Uh, but aye, not very entertaining game. Um, you know, thoroughly enjoyed looking at it. The big stories for me were Wilson Prime, receiver to watch, going to be fly up those fantasy football draft boards next year. Um, do you know what I mean? I don't think he'll have been drafted many places before the sixth, seventh round um, yeah. this year. Next year, see a man that's going to leave the fifth round in your fantasy draft. See if you're in a deep league like ours. I don't <laughs> get personally. No. Uh, but, ah, good game. It's, I think it's, it probably depends who his quarterback is next year, to be honest, um, on that one as well. <laughs> I'm actually, just when you mentioned Toss Gardner, I was curious to have a look at some of the defensive stats for the for the New York Jets, Brian. Sauce was pretty ineffective. You're looking at the guys that were that were impacting this game. You're looking hey, at Jordan, hey, Jordan hey, Whitehead. Sauce hey, is a hey, long way down that list. Hang on a minute. Who is who is who is Sauce in charge of watching? <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm asking seriously. So who is Sauce in charge of watching? It, it, it would it most likely would. You're going to put your number one cornerback on your number one JJ, receiver. So what was JJ? What was JJ's finish line? Seven receptions, forty-five yards. Yeah, okay, right. Touchdown. Yep. Can I take it away from him? Still, you turn around and tell me that your rookie is going to hold one of the league's top wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, number he's definitely one. in the conversation. Uh, number one, if you put him outside the top three, you really need to, you know, show me ways you don't watch football. Um, <laughs> and you say you're going to hold him to 45 yards on eight receptions, I'm going to say you've had a good day. 100%, 100%. If he's kept Jefferson quiet, then I think he's had a very, very good day um, as well. Just on, on Madison as well, and just before I come to you, Kevin, uh, see if you've got any, any thoughts on this game as well. Um, his, his celebration, it did make me chuckle. I must admit, if you've seen it, he's a dodgy hamstring. That's, and, um, that's, that, that one wasn't wasn't suitable for family here. <laughs> no, no, that was about as suitable as Jackson, Jackson DeVille thrusted last week <laughs> for the Jags. So it was, uh, I, I know he's t- it's a... Uh, a tip of the cap to uh, another celebration from a female footballer and I want to say she plays for Kansas she scored a penalty um, and then she ran over to the corner flag faked the hamstring and then started twerking I'd much rather see her doing it than uh, Alexander Matson. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah so Kev just before I come to you I mean Brian's mentioned obviously Wilson Prime but before before the fourth quarter, Jets didn't have a they didn't have a touchdown um, until very very late when Mike White's ran one run one in himself. Before that, they stayed in this game on the back of one man scoring points, and it was Greg the Leg, a man that I uh, certainly shouted out in the in our pod as one of our. Uh, we'll kickers. get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so okay. Greg the leg, we know we know that he's um, ever reliable as well, but just um just on that Kate, on that side of it, Kev, as I say, have you any any thoughts on it as well? As I say, we've mentioned we feel the Vikings aren't closing teams out. Kirk Cousin yep. um, a quiet game. Yeah, I mean I'll be honest, I keep I keep every week I keep 
looking at the Jets and um, expecting them to um, to fall apart, um, to, to fade away. Um, I did actually say that a couple of weeks back, I think, uh, uh, um, that I thought maybe they were already, um, obviously with the, uh, the whole Zach Wilson thing. Um, and I thought halfway through this game, I thought, yeah, this is this is the week. Um, and I kind of switched off to it. Um, I thought the Vikes are going to run away with it. Um, and then slowly but surely they fought their way back into it. Um, and I suppose for me, um, I as a as a as a Vikings fan, I would be worried um, because yeah, that, I think they, they should have run away with that. Um, so I don't know how much how much of, um, you know the the fact that it went close was uh, that the, the Jets um, are actually a, a good team. Um, I, I, like I said, I just I still expect them to um, to get uh, blown away um, a few times before the end of the season. But um, no, you've got to give them the credit. But I think it's more the Vikings, just like you say, struggling to struggling to keep it going for four quarters. Um, they, they they just don't seem to um, to be able to um, to do that. And I, th- I think that's why, even although their record's great and they're going to be going to the playoffs. Um, I don't think that they're really in the conversation to, to win the Super Bowl until until they sort that out. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the big thing. I mean, obviously, Jets going to Buffalo this week in the div- in a divisional game is um, probably an awful matchup uh, coming off the back of this tight loss. But then I'm looking at the remaining schedule: home to Detroit, home to the Jags, at the Seahawks, and then at Miami. Now. If I'm the Jets, the way we've been playing this season, out of those five, I'm looking at three. I, I want three wins out of those middle three, and that's probably enough to secure them a playoff. Yeah, I I, I fancy the Lions to blow them away. To be honest, I think so. Yeah, I, I, do. I, I do. Like I said, I've been expecting it for for weeks, um, and to, to be fair to them, they're, they're hanging around, but. Um, yeah, I, I I don't see them making it. I think it's a, uh, I don't know that that defense. I just I know the lines have been much better the last few weeks. I just uh, again we'll 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 come to that when we get to the review of week fifteen. I'm sure, but I don't know. I just <laughs> think the Jets, the Jets defense has. I think we've got what thirteen weeks of them now. I th- I think the Jets defense is pretty legit. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd say. Uh, definitely be an interesting matchup, no doubt. Uh, certainly be interested to see if they can hold Allen and Diggs down this week. So, but we shall continue on um, because I know there's one game I'm looking forward to discussing and not looking forward to discussing, and equal equal parts. So I'm going to save that one for last and just delay delay my torture on that one Um, I will be Brian for the weekend in my depression (laughs) so (laughs) we will um, we'll start off so moving into the late slate of games which is where our next three games that we felt were the kind of games of the week we'll move into the late slate we've got the Los Angeles Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders as divisional rivals, if ever there was a game I wanted to end in a tie, it was this one. <laughs> I could not 
I do not want to see either of these teams win ever. <laughs> I would have been delighted if this one ended up like the Commanders and Giants as well. Um, unfortunately, it didn't. The Raiders pretty much ran away with this one early doors. Chargers were chasing. Um, well, say early doors. Third quarter, the Raiders kind of blew their doors off, essentially. So, uh, Chargers taking an early lead through a fumble recovery touchdown, I believe, on the defensive side of things. Then they were held to field goals. Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Josh Jacobs is just Josh Jacobs, really, just now for this season. Um Again, the Chargers' defence have been able to be run on all season. They've been pretty powerful, um, despite the signings they made. Justin Herbert, I didn't, hitting 335 yards kind of surprised me. I didn't realise it actually threw as much. But again, for me, the big thing on this one was the Chargers doing Chargers things. They're just, for me, I think that Brandon Staley is on the hottest of hot seats what we're now in the third year of his tenure at the Chargers. He's not made the playoffs once. He is probably clinging on to a playoff berth or clinging on to the hunt for a playoff berth right now. And if you're not going to win games against your divisional rivals, I think you're looking at the sack. Um, Brian, what, what, do you, what do you think on that? Do we think the Chargers are just charging that again? Yeah, no. <laughs> It, it was such a like they're such a, such a damp score of a team that they, they, they flatter to deceive. You know, I mean, they promise so so much start of the season. You look at that roster. Yes, right, okay. They have struggled with injuries, particularly wide receiver. Um, and we did see, to be fair, Keenan Allen's back. Keenan Allen's playing. Uh, it was like the second week, maybe third week, that Keenan Allen's been kind of about, and he's been healthy. And yeah, you know, I mean, he sticks up eighty eight yards in the TD. So you know. Has that been a thing for it? Herbert said a poor year. You know, yeah, as you say, I, I'll be honest, I watched the game um, and I've seen kind of big chunks of the game. I, I would not have put him up at three at over 300 yards. I'm very, no. very surprised. Um, and, you know, then again, he's only at one touchdown, sacked five times. <laughs> and I seen there was at least, I can't remember what it was, there was at least one of the sacks I seen where it is, ain't no one's fault but Justin's. He was stood there waiting for the bus. Um, and they just get lamped because, yeah. funny enough, there were some very large, angry men that wanted to have a chat with his face. Um, <laughs> you flick it on the other side, and you know what I mean? Aye, Josh Jacobs. Um, how much did the, did the Raiders regret not taking that man's fifth-year option now? Because God knows his prices went through the roof. Um, the And, you know, when you combine that with that and Devante Adams, so what is I do, you know, quick maths... Um, between them, they they accounted for 321 of the Raiders' uh, offensive output. <laughs> I mean, so uh, that was what 321 of a total of uh, I'm trying to do maths in my head 440 yards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, when you've got two weapons like that, uh, it says a huge amount for you. You know, I mean, Josh Jacobs 144 yards on the ground. The next best rusher on the team, Zamir White with. Six. Six. <laughs> Six yards. Uh, Devante Adams, 177 yards receiving. Next best, Matt Collins with 35. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're a, they're a pretty one-dimensional team on offense. If it ain't going to one, it's going to two. The problem is one and two are both playing exceptionally well. 
Derek yeah. Carr ain't having a vintage season. Um, he's he's Derek Carr. You know what I mean? He's fine. He's all right. He's, he's always going to be that middle-of-the-road quarterback for me. I think he had one season where he was yeah. potential MVP, but we're talking a good few years now. That so. was five or six years ago now, was it not? <laughs> exactly. So he's, he's always going to be middle-of-the-road. Um, I, I suppose probably one of the questions is going to be, they've given him that weapon in Devontae Adams. Everyone was worried, can Devontae Adams have as successful a season? Coming away yes. for Aaron Rodgers, simple answer. Yes, yes. <laughs> even even with Derek Carr. So it's, I mean, the the flea flicker. We all love a good flea oh. flicker. That was beautiful. As much as it pains me to say, um, Devontae Adams was so wide open. Um, I have no idea where the cornerback was in that one. Um, but yeah, it was missing. just <laughs> posted missing. I mean. That, that third quarter's killed the game where Chargers couldn't score. Raiders have scored two touchdowns in that quarter. Char- Chargers defence, I mean, all that money they've spent on it and bringing in Kyle Van Noy, Khalil Mack. I mean, these are two guys that were very, very meh. They, they just didn't do anything in the game. You're still... Derwin James is Derwin James. I mean, the guy's a class act. There's no getting away from it. Asante Samuel Jr. looks like a a cracking player on that backfield as well. But, I mean, that's two pieces of their defence that's doing very, very well. Um, but well, yeah, Mac I, only put three tackles up the whole game. He's, you know what I mean? So, so I think his first season at the Bears, I think he was he was pretty good. He was then hampered by injuries. I, I really don't think you've seen anything for Khalil Mack and this will be, what, now, three years? <laughs> somewhere, somewhere Grant's just got very angry. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure his his first year at the Bears, I thought he had a very good year. But again, after that, I think he's just been posted missing. As I say, injuries have obviously Mm. played their part. But uh, on the Keenan Allen side of things, what I will say is that that touchdown catch as well from Keenan Allen was was very, very nice. Um, It did show the connection these two guys have got um, as well on there. so, Kate, I'm going, to, I'm going to come to you, Kev. I'd obviously posted that um, post. So I mentioned at the start, for me, Brandon Staley's on a hell of a hot seat. Um, he's like that guy in uh, Austin Powers that gets dropped down the hole and you can still hear him shouting. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Do you think if the Chargers can... I mean, now they've got a fairly reasonable schedule. You've got Miami Dolphins, which will be a tough game. Tennessee Titans, we're talking about the wheels coming off. Um, then they're at the Colts, home to the Rams, and they finish with the at the Broncos. So certainly some winnable games in there, some tough ones, but still possibly winnable. Um, what do we think? Do we think if the Chargers don't make the offseason, are they moving on for Brandon Staley? And who do you think's potentially, do you, any names you think maybe interested in it? Um, to answer your first question, yeah, I think um, if they don't make the playoffs, then you could be right. Um, to be honest, when when Brian was talking about the game there, I I thought I maybe got the the uh, the, the uniforms mixed up um, because I actually really enjoy watching the Chargers, um, and for me, um, I don't, I don't know what it is, but the, the, the Raiders. This year you enjoy yeah. watching the Chargers? I do, I do. The the game the game where they played the Chiefs a couple of weeks back. Um I was I was watching that um in the airport waiting for my flight home and 
Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy watching them. Um, and I think maybe maybe a, a change of coach um, might be what they need to start getting better results because I think they've got good players there. Um, in terms of who they go for after after Staley, if, if he does move on, I'm not so sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if they got the, the wins they need for those remaining games to, to make it to the playoffs this year. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm kind of rooting for them. I, I quite like them. I mean, they're obviously still in the hunt. We, we know that, as I say, but again, I think we've, we've had experience. We just expect Chargers to charge um, So <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah, I think it's well. They're, they're six and six, so that well, that can't be right. Hang on, so it must be six and seven now. Um, or is it six and six? Ah, six and six. Six and six. <laughs> so they're, they're a five hundred record. So I mean, they're, they're still in the hunt. Raiders seem to be hitting a bit of forum again. They done this last year, had a bit of forum, and then beat the Chargers in the final week of the season to kind of sneak into those playoffs. So. The Raiders could be a sneaky team to maybe creep into those AFC playoffs as well. What, um, what did you think of them against the Chiefs, studs? I thought they played really well that game. That's probably the, the most recent one. That's probably the one game I think their defence has turned up. Um, yeah. the, do you know what I mean? The, yeah. Eventually, we kind of wore them down and they just forgot to mark Travis Kelsey. So if you're going to leave going Travis to Kelsey... <laughs> As you do, as as as, as the Chiefs do, and when I mean, Kelsey's there, then you know there's no many teams that can cope with that. But um, I thought um, overall, if you didn't have Kelsey, you probably lose the game. So, aye, I mean, as I as I say, their, their defense probably played played the best they'd played all season. Um, I don't think their offense was probably great that day. But again, missing, I think they were still missing Keenan Allen and um, Mike Williams. Mike Williams did Mike Williams maybe play a couple of snaps and then re-aggravate um, I can't remember if that was that week but I, they looked okay I mean for me the first game of the season was a better game um, albeit that was probably that no probably that's when we basically killed Justin Herbert and broke his ribs so <laughs> it was <laughs> it, it was far more entertaining for me the first one um, but yeah nah, I've, I've been impressed with power Carter, I think um, with the injuries they've had, those two guys have carried them pretty well. Um, yeah. Like I said, I enjoy watching them. I think they've got a good variety, good um, good options. Um, and I think if they can keep all, all four of their wide receivers uh, fit and healthy, then I think they could be a wee outside bet. Aye. I think they're, they're still in the hunt, so you never write anybody off until that point. But uh, it's just, I, th- I think if they can get I mean, Palmer and Carter have been good. There's no denying that. Um, but if your defence can't stop people, then you're not going to win games. So as much as we're saying, obviously, these guys are stepping up in offence, if that defence doesn't step up, they're, they're going to go nowhere. And ultimately, Brandon Staley will get the sack. Um, for me, if, if they don't make the playoffs, I think three years, no playoffs with that talent in that team. I think you're mm-hmm. going. Um, and there's certainly a head coach who left uh, left Louisiana and is currently on TV that will probably be looking for a job. And I think if you offer him the chance to work with a young guy like Justin Herbert, I think Sean Payton will jump at that chance um, for me. So I think he'd be a very strong candidate for the Chargers. And from a personal standpoint, seeing him get up against Andy Reid a couple of times a year, 
for me, I'd absolutely love that. That'd be that. That's prime time games right there. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Okay, guys, it's that time of the pod where we are going to move into no, not the Chiefs and Bengals. We are going to move into the Brock Purdy experience. <laughs> Miami Dolphins at the 49ers. As a as a band name, get that someday. Like <laughs> we, we need to get a, a pod band, the Brock Purdy experience. It's gonna be prog rock. All of the songs are gonna be 45 minutes long and make no sense. <laughs> It's going to happen. We're going to have to get Stu and uh, our resident Bear Grant on that one. Uh, <laughs> although I don't know Stu with his Bengals, Bengals fandom if we're trying to get him to use a 49ers name. He's he's got enough issues with the 49ers without having him in a band with a 49ers quarterback name. <laughs> I think he might kill me. Um, but yeah, right. So Miami Dolphins at the 49ers. Again, we spoke about it in depth on our uh, preview podcast. It was ultimately the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. Which one was going to come out on top? I I think we were split on the on the crew in that in this one. I think two. I think Scott and Keith went for the Dolphins, and they were backing on the t- arm talented to a Tonga Viola. Um, myself and Stu, I believe, went with the 49ers and we backed that defence. Um, and ultimately, the defence came out on top for this one. I think, the, for me, the game was a lot closer than what the scoreline suggests, the, um, 33-17 to the Niners. Um, big talking point of this one, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, in the first, offensive drive for the 49ers went down. We mentioned earlier that it's not as serious as what we'd hoped, what we'd seen. Um, so a bro- broken foot ultimately is what we were told at the start. It's not a Liz Frank, so there is hope for him possibly making it back. Probably extremely doubtful. But Mr. Irrelevant took over that offense and he played pretty well ultimately. It wasn't him. It wasn't bad. I mean, 210 yards for Brock Purdy, two touchdowns, one interception. And ultimately, I think his job was pretty much, let's get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. 25 touches of that ball, Christian McCaffrey, for 146 total scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Um, But yeah, for me, defence winning out on this one, I think they certainly had their way with Tua. I can see at least three sacks on him. A couple of interceptions, fumbles as well in there. Um, Ultimately, the game-winning dry, the game-winner was the um, strip sack by Trey Greenlaw into the end zone for the 49ers. Um, Kev, I'll come to you first. I went to Brian first the last time. Have you got any thoughts on this one? I know you I think you've certainly got a wee soft spot for the Dolphins as well, if I remember right. So, mm. st- start with yourself. Did you feel that the Dolphins were going to take this on that offence? Could you see them losing this game? Yeah, uh, I must say, if I, was, if I was on the preview show last week, I would have probably went for the Dolphins myself. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's just because I enjoy watching um, attacking teams and um, good offense and all the weapons that the Dolphins have got, and maybe maybe that's what you're talking about as well. It's part of the reason. Um, 
I've got a cousin in, in Florida who supports the Dolphins. He bought me a, a Dolphins shirt for Christmas one year. So, um, yeah, that, that, that might... Uh, that might have been part of it as well, but um, I, I've got to say the 49ers are are looking really strong. Um, Christian McCaffrey is is obviously a, um, an absolute weapon, and when you've got him in your team, I, I don't think it really matters who your quarterback is. Um, yeah, you've you've always got a chance. Um, so yeah, it's, it's certainly no surprise, certainly no shock. Um, but yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, the 49ers, I would say you've got to take them seriously now. Yeah, no, def- definitely. I think they're, they're certainly a force. We're seeing that that defence, as you, you mentioned, Kev, I don't, you've got McCaffrey on offence, you've got that defence. The quarterback, does it really matter? Um, and I, I, I think probably seeing that actually is probably slightly harsh on Brock Purdy because the guy come in and he done a job, as I said, he couple of touchdowns in there, a couple of touchdown passes. He turned the ball over once, yeah, um, but he was still able to move the ball um, for that one. And again, as I mentioned, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of this year's draft. I think it's probably slightly forgotten. I mean, the guy's a rookie. That was his first, first meaningful NFL snap. Um, and just, I'm going to drop a little statistic in here for you boys on this one. It's like a third or fourth one of the pod. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been dropping them in like wildfire tonight. And I mean, this one, there's never been a Mr. Irrelevant at, at quarterback making a touchdown pass in the NFL. Never oh, has Mr. Irrelevant Lovely. made a touchdown pass in the NFL. So a little statistic in there. Um, so Brian, I'm... I'm going to come to you, Dolphins. I mean, I, um, well, I'm a big fan of the Finns this year. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm really enjoying them. Um, uh, but it's I, I backed them this week um, in the predictor. I did think two would have more than enough. Um, it's worth, and I can't remember how long it's got, uh, how long it is. But that was Tua's first picks for a while. But Tua's had some great ball security, and he chipped two picks up. But, I mean, for me, big story of the night um, is that evidently Nick Bosa is quite good at football. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Listen, I'm not sure if you've heard of this lad. Nicholas. Nicholas Bosa, <laughs> pal of mine. Sunday uh, name. If, if, he, if, if he keeps his head down, keeps his nose clean, he might have a career in it. Um, okay, you know what I mean? Three sacks, two tackles for loss. Um, that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? We've been saying, you know, yes, the Niners are legit. It's not a surprise. It's not a secret. It's not a shocker. Um, they're eight and four, which you know, I mean, in any other year, would be saying how incredible a record that is, or how good a record that is. Any day, um, we're a wee bit spoiled this year with teams like the like the Eagles, who are absolutely leather on all comers. Um, but uh, it's the story of defense. Um, yes, it's backup, 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 backup quarterback. Um, playing for them, two I didn't play. Well, I say that two I played okay. You know I mean, I say he threw two interceptions, but. So he's been pretty safe with the ball up to that point. Tyreek Kill sits there with what, 146 yards. Aye. Um, rushing game was very poor. I think that's one of the big things for Miami in that game. They really, really did not establish the run. So, you know what I mean? Tua did have to try and force it into some pretty tight windows. And you try and do that, you get picked. Um, but, okay, you know, I, mean, I don't have a massive amount to add on this one, boys. The big thing for me is the Niners are going to keep rolling. They are going to be dangerous in the postseason. Um because it doesn't matter who you're playing against when you've got a, a run game of that quality 
when you've got a defence of that quality, your passing attack can get away with being safe. You know what I mean? If you can consistently get, what, three, four, five yards first down running, you can then afford to play some nice safe underneath passes in your second and third down and make up the rest of the yardage. It's not pretty. It's not something many of us enjoy watching, but bloody hell, it'll win you games. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's what that's what I mean when I say that it doesn't matter who your quarterback was. You're right, I was being a little bit unfair um, to the guy who came in um, and done a decent job. But um, when you've got McCafferty in that run game, you know, the, the, the defence has got to be, um, you know, trying to trying to stop that first and foremost. And then it, it, it does leave safe opportunities for your quarterback. So, you know, as long as, long as you're, um, you know, just... Adequate, um, you know, as long as you've been talking to you've been talking to my mum. Adequate. That's how I'll describe him. Adequate. Oh, brilliant, Kev. Absolutely superb, honestly. Um, I, I think Brian, I think you've uh, you've kind of covered. You obviously mentioned Nick Bosa as good at football. Let's say, <laughs> let's a, just say that. And I, <laughs> I do have a story about Nick Bosa that I will come back to. I think flip that over. Something I know very very well to the other side of the ball. I've got one of his same many helmets behind me. Tyreek Kill is also very good at football. He's so difficult to stop. I seen it for the last few years at the Chiefs. You mentioned 146 yards. If I'm a Dolphins fan, probably slightly concerned. Jalen Waddle looked to get banged up in this mm. game as well. So the two of them as a tandem have been outstanding this year. If it goes down to one target, that obviously helps defences. They can try to hold in in the cheetah and try to keep them quiet. And again, we've seen teams do it in the past. The Bucks done it to excellent effect in the Super Bowl. They shut him down. Um, so it is possible. On the Nick Bosa side, I'm not sure if you guys caught. Um, I think it was Good Morning Football, or it may have been a pod, it might have been around the NFL podcast I was listening to. But apparently, Kyle Shanahan went into the defensive line room this week, uh, last week, and he said to them, he said, "Guys, just to let you know, the linebackers have been playing better than you over the last couple of weeks. Just thought I'd let you know that Nick Bosa apparently took that quite personally <laughs> and decided." Oh, is that right? I'm <laughs> going to go and two it up. <laughs> so it certainly had the desired effect for my head coach if that was his, his intended. Uh, if that's what he intended, the, those guys went out and performed. T- turns out Tua doesn't play all that well when he's on his ass. can you say? <laughs> who, who knew? What, what who quarterback knew? do we know can play well off their ass? <laughs> my home. Oh, well, he, no, he doesn't quite go on his arse. He just flies let's, like let's, Superman. Do, 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 do you know what, Kev? I'm glad you brought up. Let's talk about Kansas City studs. Let's, <laughs> let's roll this show on. Let's <laughs> talk about Kansas. Hey, I suppose I can't avoid it anymore, can I? Um, so, yeah, right. Kansas City at Cincinnati. Aye, <sighs> uh, right. <laughs> Brian, yeah. Brian doing the Jamar Chase flag there. Yeah. Thanks, money, 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 money. Hold on. <laughs> we have, we have uh, um, Stu dialing in. I'm so glad Stu isn't on. It could, 
in fairness, I don't think Stu would rub my face in it too much. Um, but nah, listen, me and Stu were talking throughout the game as well. Do you know what? I think Joe Burrow in his post-match interview probably covered this pretty well. It lived up to the hype. I mean, 27, 24 doesn't sound like a barn burner, but believe me, I think this was a very good game. It could have went either way. Ultimately, can I come down to a missed field goal by Butker, not been able to take it to overtime? And I mean, how very dare he miss from 50 plus yards? This guy needs to get a grip. And if you believe some of the Chiefs fandom needs a sack, which is just crazy um, for me. But yeah, <laughs> for me, Chiefs, so start on this one. Bengals come out firing, shooting off to a very early lead. I think maybe 14-3 lead or something to that effect. They scored two mm. quick touchdowns um, in the first quarter. And ultimately for me, you can't give teams like the Bengals that are as good as they are on offense um, that kind of head start. Ultimately, your defense needs to come out kicking off. And um, I it was... Say being 14 3 down before we kind of started to move the ball, just that that wasn't good enough for me. Travis Kelsey, just yeah, I've got to kind of give him a pass this week. Ultimately, for me, his, his fumble killed our momentum um, and killed the game for us as well. So, oh, disappointed downbeat as a Chiefs fan, but am I worried about the remainder of the season? Uh, no, because well. We've got the Broncos this week, so if ever there was a <laughs> if ever there was a get right game for your defense, which I pretty much think uh, needs a get right game, then it's the Russell Wilson Broncos. Um, Brian, I know you certainly watched a fair bit of this game, even though probably hoping that the Chiefs would absolutely obliterate your AFC North rivals. But uh, yeah, what, what's what's your takeaways in this one? I, do you know what I was? Um, I, I was. I, we had this conversation in reverse a couple of weeks back when you were a, an, an involuntary Browns fan and I was certainly an involuntary Kansas fan for the evening. Because um, to be fair, that would have put if if the result had been reversed, Bengals would have been seven and six, Baltimore would be sitting in eight and four, and we'd have been sat at five and seven. The division would have been very tight. It's probably probably about wrapped up now, but it kind of is what it is. Um, big one for me isn't actually even so much the start of the game. Uh, it was the end of the game. You cannot, any team cannot go 10-0 down in the fourth quarter. You cannot give that up and expect to beat teams. Um, the Bengals are, can I mention a wee bit earlier, you know, identity of teams and stuff like that. They're a pass-first team. Um, yeah, uh, Pearl 9 has been stepped into that mixing role really, really well. Um, you, you can, as actually talking to talking to, seeing the kind of Bengals Twitter and all the rest, there's a few folk are, wee bit shugly on who actually should be running back one for that team. It'll be mixing. But Perlin's certainly not looked out of place. Um, you know, he's stuck up another 100-yard game. Did you see staff arm on oh. of all people, Justin oh. Reed? Down you go. Uh, Justin Reed, big chat on Twitter. Just, Justin Reed giving it big licks last week and then P9 has just stiff-armed him into middle-earth. Oh, um, he's man, probably man running about the <laughs> He's running about with Frodo and Bilbo just now, I think. Ah, um, but, ah. You even look at that, you know, I mean, so ah, so whether they put up, what, 286 uh, yards passing, that's a lot to give up. Now, yes, you know, don't be wrong, you you boys, KC put up, what, uh, I'm looking at you know, 223. Two, yeah. So, you know, I mean, they're not what you would call vintage performances, 
from you know two quarterbacks of the caliber of Pat and Burrow, but they're two very good performances. Um, you guys really didn't get going on the ground at all. Pacheco's looking good, to be fair. You know what I mean? Ah, that, boys, that, boys, that, man, early days, all that. But yeah, you just can't be giving up 10 nil in the fourth. Can't and, that, and that that's the thing, right at the start of the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, you look look at the third quarter highlights, we outscored them 14 to 3. Um so we were moving the ball in that third quarter. We just got the ball back after after slowing them down, and started the fourth quarter. Kelsey fumbles, makes a lovely catch, lovely pass for Pat Mahomes. Two defenders quickly wrap him up, and then Pratt just strips that ball. And my heart—I must admit—that's probably the moment where my heart sank. Um, as soon as. Kelsey, Mr. Reliable, spoke about him all year. Um, unbelievable. But, yeah, just not not something you'd expect from him. And, uh, and chatting with uh, one of the families I stayed with when I worked in uh, Kansas, I think her, her words kind of probably hit, hit me quite hard. It was right away, you know that's going to be killing him. And I think, I feel sorry for the, defense, the Broncos linebackers this week because I think Kelsey is going to hurt the Denver Broncos I think you're looking at a massive bounce back week for them this week um, one one point I again and this isn't sour grapes in the slightest um, but the the play Oops. right <laughs> the play, play right at the end just before I come to you Kev to get your thoughts on this one um, but there were, the very last play the game that the play that killed it Joe Burrow pass um, at the very end to I think who it was that killed the game. So I'm just going to look this one up. It was a 14-yard pass to T. Higgins um, on third and nine, I believe it was, with a very strange decision for the for the Bengals um, to pass just before the two-minute warning. Very odd. I think we ended up sacking Joe Burrows. It was a rookie, George Carlafta, Scotland. And then the next play, they came out and threw it. Before Burrows throws it, the Chiefs actually break through. Somebody on the left-hand side of that line looks like he's getting Burrow. And for me, when I, I've watched this clip several times, he slows down. He literally... Now, we've seen flags this year for roughing the passer. Some of them have been really soft. There was one earlier in this game for me was a rough in the passer. Defender doesn't try to break. He's following the quarterback. So it was absolutely the right call. I will say that one. It almost reeked to fear for me. They didn't want to get a rough in the passer call. And it was just, that was frustrating. I'd rather they hit the quarterback, stop the throw. If they get flagged, then I'll be like, right, hands up, fair enough. But it just looks like it slows up. And again, I would I would recommend you guys, get if you've not seen it, go back and have a look at it. Watch that top, the top end of the screen, and you'll you'll see it. Um, but Kev, yeah, have you get any thoughts on this game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wondering where you were going with that stud. Said I thought you were going to accuse one of your chiefs of match fixing. Um, no, no, not at all. But but yeah, I'll I'll see if I can uh, watch the play you're talking about and um, give you my opinion. But uh, all in all, just on the game. Um, I was looking forward to it. Um, two really good teams, and 
like you say, it lived up to the the, the villain. Um, good game of football. Um, and personally, I mean, I, I would probably say I'd rather play uh, the Bengals um, in the um, in the off season um, if I had to choose one. Um, so, um, for that point of view, quite happy with the outcome. But um, aye, just just a, a really good game of football. I think it, it's uh, certainly exciting times for 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 the FC as a whole. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've said everybody's been talking about over the last kind of maybe year and a half to two years. Allen and Mahomes, Allen and Mahomes, Joe Burrow and Mahomes is for me. No disrespect to Josh Allen. I'm not not in the slightest putting Josh Allen down. He's a fantastic player. I'd rather watch Mahomes versus Burrow. I mean, that's three games. Sure. Two very different uh, teams, though. A hundred percent. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. The slightest. I would rather if I'm getting an option to a Bengals Chiefs game and a Bengals Bills, uh, Chiefs Bills game. Sorry, I would, I would rather the Bengals, uh, are the team you're facing, just because it's more likely to be a bit nutty. Yeah. I, th- I, for me, I think the two teams are actually pretty evenly matched, and I think you can see that in the in the stats we've kind of spoke about. I know you'd mentioned the Chiefs. Chief rushing game, obviously Pacheco getting 66 yards, Jared McKinnon getting 51 yards in there as well. So we we had 100 odd yards on the ground as well. Maybe not as high in the pass, and we still had 200 yards on there as well. But they seem like two very evenly matched teams. So mm-hmm. again, me and me and Stu have been have, have been chatting as well on it, and it's a uh, the game really could have went either way. Um, it was ultimately a coin flip. But bottom line is, and I'm not going to cry about it. Honest is. The Bengals have beat us the last three times. Um, so there is an element, obviously, creeping in of the Bengals seem to have the Chiefs number. Um, I think this is probably the first time where I can honestly say that we've moved the ball on their defence in the second half. Um, whereas the previous games, we obviously get kept pretty quiet in the second half. So, yeah, for me, this was certainly game of the week. And again, it lived up to all the villains of all the hype. We obviously had Jamar Chase with his dollar bills getting himself a stupid flag. Money, 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 money. <laughs> um, money. But it's, again, Jamar Chase, guy for me, freak athlete, straight off of a hip injury, racking up, what, 97 yards. We've <laughs> cracking into um, Russell Wilson supplies. Um but it's still first game back and he's nearly got 100 yards. Just ridiculous for me. Yeah, T. Higgins way. is also a very, very good player. What I will say is I've noticed today on Twitter, after we mentioned about Justin Reed getting knocked into Middle Earth, maybe he should possibly keep his mouth shut um, because he has doubled down um, today, I did notice, and basically what he said about shutting down the, the Bengals receivers. He has doubled down on it and suggested that he was right. Um, I'm not <laughs> seeing that I agree with him. Um, I like the guy. I like his confidence. But when you're looking at receivers with Jamar Chase, who's getting 97 yards, Tyler Boyd gets 60, Samachi Peering at 49, T Higgins get 35. Yeah, they maybe right. didn't get loads of yards individually but they moved that ball on us so maybe learn to shut up and concentrate on your defence um, but listen, as I say I think Justin Reed has been a good addition to our defence but I'd rather he did his job 
Oh, oh, what happened? Uh, Kev, I think Kev disappeared <laughs> under the shadow realm for a minute there. Kev's gone. He's, he's, he's going to grab him. He's pulling him out of the pits of Mordor now and uh, <laughs> joining us back again. So, um, but yeah, no, nah, I'd rather see Justin Reed doing his talking on the pitch. And um, I think for the most part, he has done that this year. He's just maybe get caught up a bit this week. So that's the end of the, the games. Um, I'll just quickly rattle through the other scores, guys. If there's any game you or any highlight you want to quickly draw out on, I will pass that to you guys. So obviously Thursday night football, we've seen the Buffalo Bills toy with the New England Patriots 24-10. Um, Scud and Danny will have been ecstatic with that one. Um Pittsburgh beating Atlanta 1916. Yeah, again, I'll, I'll leave this one to you guys to draw out anything. Kenny uh, Pickett's looking all right. Uh, I'll, 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 there's, there's my olive branch to the Steelers fans out there. <laughs> yeah, Pickett's, he's looking better. He's he's waiting to get him. I think he's uh, he's not done any turnovers in the last two weeks, so certainly positive. Kenny Pickett not picking it. Not, not getting picked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Probably one thing I'd noticed about this one, just just a highlight I seen was uh, maybe George Pickens. Hang on, have I got that right? Yep, George Pickens is the wide receiver. Yes, he is. Seemed to spit the dummy a little bit um, because he wasn't getting the ball. Um, probably similar to Mike Jones on the on the Thursday night football. He had yeah. some expletives towards the sidelines because he wasn't get, he wasn't getting the ball. Listen, kid, you're a you're a rookie. Imagine um, imagine swearing towards Bill Belichick. Aye, <laughs> I've got a feeling it was maybe aiming it more towards one of the two offensive coordinators in his team. Uh, um, so, <laughs> but, uh, I, even Kenny Pickens, it's a, it's a brave man to be aiming that towards Mike Tomlin as well. I don't think he's Very a guy true. I'd want to mess with. Um, but yeah, just listen, do your job in the team. It's it's the big thing in the NFL. Do, do your job. So he's listen. Your team's won. You're, you've got a very experienced head coach, so I would just get on with it. This one is going to get glossed over very quickly, as much as I would love to dwell on it, because it's absolutely hilarious. Denver Broncos 9, and Brian, I know you'll enjoy this as well. Baltimore Ravens 10. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and well, I think Lamar Jackson certainly rode right out of the stadium after the first drive, so he's out this week is definitely already, which is very early. I think he's got a PCL on his knee. Um, so he left that game pretty early. Possibly missing some weeks as well. So that's opens up that division, certainly. Um, so I, I think that could certainly be interesting in there as well. But Green Bay Packers doing what, well, Aaron Rodgers as the owner, Statement is We own the Bears. <laughs> he certainly owns the Bears. Um, rookie sensation Christian Watson as well, giving a nice little mm. salute out at Soldier Field. Um, and again, Aaron Rodgers echoing that as well. Jacksonville getting destroyed by the Detroit Lions, 40-14 to 14 as well. Um, and then we have Brian Ure, your Cleveland Browns getting the victory with no offensive touchdowns, uh, 27-14 against the absolutely awful, awful Houston Texans. 
Imagine, imagine this happened for the rest of the year. We just kept winning games without Deshaun Watson throwing touchdowns. Nobody knows what to do. So oh. everybody, everybody wants to hate us, but he's not playing well, but we still win. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love it just for how confused everybody would be. Uh, I think your owner would be more confused because of the amount of money that he's guaranteed him. He'd be not this year. Not this year. Oh, no. Sorry, this year it's only a million. One million this year. Next, then. next year it's not. Uh, uh, they decided to screw over the NFL with a one million this year, but we'll we'll bypass that one. Uh, you know, I I, I do defend that because we we lit- and I think most teams do that with pretty much everybody. You I, 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 all the contracts so you can do funny funny boils with them when you need to try and play with your cap. But anyway, yeah. still a scum. Uh, <laughs> we've we've covered the show. We've given done that. Um, done that. This, we've given given the skunk enough of your time. Um, so <laughs> the. the the one I don't know how to feel about, we've got the Commanders 20, New York Giants 20. I um, love a tie. I love a draw. It's great. It makes no oh, sense. It's a game oh, oh. that's designed not to have draws. <laughs> that, that's it. Only in the UK do we love draws. Um, it's, it just makes no sense. It's, as you said, Brian, it looks so strange when you see that record with the wee one at the end and you're just like, right. I would, I would love to... I would love for the tie to have some kind of impact on the playoffs. It will oh, just yeah. be amazing um, for the utter confusion. It's like boxing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what? Huh? Boxing, another one. I, 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 a sport that's designed not to have a tie. You're there to knock the other guy out. Um, but aye. So it'll, it'll be good, as I said, if this has some sort of playoff implication, that would be fantastic just to absolutely mess with any team involved. Exactly. So for me as well, uh, I was quite happy to see the draw on that one. Of course, the, the divisional sure. game that was that was like what I was saying earlier with the Chargers and Raiders. I would have loved to have seen that idea. Um, so see Seahawks dealing with the Rams again. Oh, sorry, the Zombie Rams. Um, 27-23. Keith will be doubly happy this week. He had his Packers one and his Seahawks one, so he will be absolutely delighted. Grant, maybe. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> oh no! In fact, the Panthers didn't play, so he oh. was all right. They they kind of lose if they're not playing, so he's fine. Um, just and then we had so Sunday night football. How we have Indianapolis Colts on prime time? I'll never know, but they got absolutely dealt with. Fifty four. That is not a typo. Fifty four nineteen. Very That's a slapping. It's, it's not even just a slapping. It's not even that. It was, I think, until the th- I think the third quarter. This game was pretty tight, and then the fourth quarter, they got absolutely slapped about. Um, there was no messing in this one. Once it hit that fourth quarter, it's it, I. I mean, credit to anybody that stayed Thirty-three points in a quarter. Give us a rest. Aye. That, I mean that's it. Ridiculous. Thirty-three points. Um, the defense, the Dallas Cowboys defense started to just do Dallas Cowboys defensive mm-hmm. things and fumble recoveries for touchdowns and and interception pick sixes. Yeah, it just. I've Matt Ryan completely capitulated in this one in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's the key. Maybe let him play three quarters and bring Sam Ellinger in for the <laughs> last quarter. Ah, he's, he's played sensational when we've seen him this year. 
Uh, and then Monday Night Football, we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 17, New Orleans 16. So, I, I really, this one, I, I don't know how you can't not talk about it. Um, what were they? Two touchdowns behind Tampa Bay with three yep. minutes to go. And Tom Brady and just... He's, he's actually apparently quite good at football as well. I just in a in a surprising uh, turn of events, a guy with six, seven Super Bowls. Um, so you get more rings and he's got fingers. <laughs> he's he's no bad at football. So I again it goes back to probably similar to what you said about the Chiefs game, Brian. Where obviously we lost ten 0 in the fourth quarter. Saints, you can't lose fourteen points in that fourth quarter and expect to win. Um, Big, big play in this one for me. I've seen a highlight of it today. On a third down, Taser, the Red Rifle gets that ball in. He takes him Hill through two defenders and takes him Hill drops it. And that would have been game for the Saints. So. And that would have also given Kev the win in our fantasy match this week. But he did it, Kev, did it. No, he did it. Oh, my God, Kev, sorry. I had no idea that was even relevant in that conversation I really wish I did because I would feel better about it but that was so unplanned so I actually feel quite bad about it I'm still by a whopping it was a total slap fest there game as well it was a game 2.14 points oh sorry Kev I know and a game where Derek Henry puts up 8 and Lamar scores minus minus one, um, losing by two is sickening. Um, and oh. Taysom and Taysom Hill dropping that ball as well. I it just didn't work. I would have done it, mate. I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've still got three outs to get to the playoffs. I can win my last game, or Danny, or Pat can <laughs> lose their game. I've got three outs, so I'm still I'm still uh, I, I, not getting. I, I, I'm in the playoffs, studs, studs. Are you in the playoffs? Oh, I'm most I'm, definitely I'm, in the playoffs. I'm, I'm in the playoffs, I didn't <laughs> So, ah, uh, sorry, Kev, sorry, but I, a tight game between you boys. To be fair, that was that must be said. Um, we were one of the things we are supposed to talk about. Obviously, big thing for this weekend, and guys, we will we'll keep it very brief, and then we'll wrap up. Was the my cause my cleats? Um, did mean to talk about it at the start. We start. We obviously started speaking about breaking news and Tennessee Titans rolled into our games of the week. So my cause my cleats. This is the weekend where the players get to express themselves. We we'll, we do love to see it. Obviously, the NFL very strict, very uniformed in what players are allowed to wear um, on a Sunday. We've seen Odell Beckham getting fines before um, for having something that was not regulation, probably on multiple occasions because OBJ is OBJ. But for me, this is something that, again, I, I do love to see it. And you love to see the colour in this. A lot of these designs... Uh, and I'm looking at them just now. As I say, I mentioned there are the Cowboys. I've seen one of one of their players with the Salvation Army boots on. And again, obviously very relevant to the Cowboys with the big Salvation Army pot, which they often use for their celebrations. I think they did a jack-in-the-box celebration in it this week. And get fined for it. And they will get fined for it, yes. But I don't know how you boys feel, but again, 
I'll I'll speak purely on my team first, and then I'll pass on to you boys. But I noticed one of the one of the big common factors through the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a lot of youth education ones in there. Um, Justin Reed, who we've spoke about, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, three of our big stars, and they they're all pushing youth education. Of the rookies are in there pushing canine companions. Some absolutely unbelievable causes in there. And the amount of money that these causes are going to get raised as these cleats are all auctioned off. It's fantastic to see this kind of publicity for some undeniably worthy causes. And it's great to see um, the stars using this platform as well, so well, to to push the, some of their own foundations, obviously, like Pat Mahomes does, Travis Kelsey does. Um, and again, just raise awareness of of these issues. Um, Brian, I know you had a look at your team's um, cleats this weekend. Uh, any guys you kind of want to call out on that front? Yeah, um, two of them kind of jumped out at me. Um, we have got uh, Nick Chubb um, has got one that's it's all about um, sudden infant death syndrome, which is something we're obviously not going to talk hugely about the pod, but it's a really, really serious thing. It's obviously hits close to a lot of families. Um, and it's him just recognising it. And as you say, it's so fantastic that the players get this opportunity to try and raise awareness for causes that are very near and dear to their hearts. And on that exact theme, um, Denzel Ward, um, and I'm actually I'm trying to find out the, the name of his actual his cause. The gist of what the cause is for is it's about heart disease. Um, some of you might know Denzel Ward's father um, passed from heart disease and it's a foundation that he actually established to help fund research, to help fund support for families, all of these things um, associated with heart disease just because he's lived it. You know, I mean, he's been through that and he's had to to grieve and to go through it. So the, the fact that the league fight, or well, the league encourages this vehicle that the players can use to raise awareness for these causes is fantastic. It really, really just is something that's brilliant to see. And it just adds a nice something really wholesome about the sport. You know I mean? You do love to see it. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, Kev, what about yourself? I know you'd mentioned um, when we were talking offline, you'd seen a couple of ones that kind of stood out to yourself. Yeah, I, I, I just think I, I would echo everything that you guys have said. Um, it's excellent um, that, that these guys are using their platform to um, to do good. Um, I, I think we... we we see a lot of stories um, about NFL players and about their misconduct, and you know, um, just just uh, they're making headlines for the wrong reasons um, and um, not being the best role models possibly. Um, and I think it's great that um, you know that they're getting that opportunity to show um, that you know they're, they're they're human beings and they care and um, and that they can that they can do good. Um, uh, I, I had a wee look at some of the videos um, and I saw uh, Aaron Donalds um, uh, and he was talking about how, you know, he grew up in a, a, in a good area um, when he had, um, you know, good parents who supported him and um, he he wants to, um, to help uh, kids who maybe are, are less fortunate have the same opportunities that he got. Um, so he's got a foundation there. Where he's kind of a, a role model and a mentor to young kids, and I, I think, I think it's um, it's excellent uh, that the NFL have um, given the players the, the the opportunity 
um, to highlight these things and um, you know um, raise money for them. Right, 100%, mate. I think that was... I thought I thought your point was fantastic. I mean, there it's we see so many stories about the the misconduct or the the misdemeanors of of these NFL stars and especially the kind of high profile ones. So it's great to see them using their voice and, and be the role models that we all kind of prob- we all expect them to be. Um, mm-hmm. We get that they're human beings. Everyone's going to have um, mistakes in them. Um, but it's great to see them using this platform. And I think we're seeing it in other sports as well. Um, oh, us guys are all um, soccer fans um, as well. And we see the Rainbow Laces um, initiative throughout football. Um, and we're seeing it, one of the big ones as well, which unfortunately has has probably been silenced in this World Cup is the, the one that was trying to get pushed was obviously the, the support for the LGBT um, community where um, a lot of captains were wanting to wear the kind of rainbow style captain's armband um, which unfortunately get kiboshed so again for me personally I, I, I would like to see maybe the players pro- probably not act out as such but the players to maybe take the initiative and, and bypass FIFA essentially and, um, because I mean these guys know what's right and wrong Um the German squad were very vocal in the fact that they, they were being silenced. Um, so I, it, it'd be nice to see the players kind of maybe take a wee bit of initiative here. I, I heard somebody saying um, maybe have the World Cup final where the guy the players all refuse to play um, because of all the human rights issues around about Qatar and the, the chaos. And I, I must admit, I am very much, I love a little bit of chaos the chaos that having both teams walk off and refuse to play at the World Cup final, the message that would send would be unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, it's... I, I, I don't think we'll, we'll uh, dwell too much more on that one. Um, any, I'll put it to you guys. Any last-minute thoughts, guys, just before we wrap up? It's looking forward to another week of football. I'm not going to jump into the review, the preview crew. I'm very much looking forward to listening to it when the guys get there. Uh, aye. And as you say, all the stuff we've been talking about, some of the heavier stuff tonight as well towards the end there. Uh, it's, it's nice to see some of the positive that sport can do alongside some of the negative that comes along with it sometimes. But let's all look forward to what is a rapidly ending season of football. It's uh, always ends sooner than any of us would like. So let's just enjoy it while it's still here, boys. Uh, it'll certainly end sooner for some of our teams, Brian. I'll, you'll be. Shut it. <laughs> I was being nice. Ah, <laughs> uh, listen, I had to kind of try and cheer myself up somehow. Um, so that is again, that's a yeah, rapidly approaching week fourteen for a fantasy football perspective. It's probably the end of the regular season, and it's after this week. It's going to be pushing on to the playoffs um, for a lot of teams as well. So it's a. Uh, yeah, we'll not jump into the, the preview cues, preview crew. We'll not jump into their thunder and steal it. Um, but from myself as your host, I've been Studs, and I would thank you all for listening. Um, and if you like and subscribe to the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. And leave us a review on any of the platforms that you use to listen. Um, give us a follow on Twitter at Gridiron Crew or on Instagram, where it's grid underscore iron underscore crew. 
and uh, get in touch, um, get some interaction going with us, get some questions, we'll get those on the pod and answered. The guys will be back on Friday morning with the preview for week 14, and thanks very much for listening, and good morning again, good afternoon, and good night from the crew, whenever you are listening. <laughs>